Recently, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force issued a draft statement that changes its recommendation for the starting age for mammography screening from 50 to 40 years. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Stephen Woloshin, a professor of medicine and the director of the Center for Medicine and the Media at the Dartmouth Institute and a member of the Dartmouth Cancer Center. Dr. Woloshin has co-authored a perspective article about lowering the starting age for mammography screening. Dr. Woloshin, what specifically does this statement recommend, and how are the new recommendations different from previous versions? Well, the recommendation, the change is for the starting age, and the old recommendation was for women to start at age 50, and now the new recommendation is to start at age 40. And we were surprised that the task force changed the recommendation, and we wondered a few things. Was there any new evidence that the death rate from breast cancer was rising, whether the benefit of mammography was increasing for young women, or whether the balance of benefit and harm supported a new health imperative? And finally, whether the recommendations would improve black-white disparities, which are disturbing and persistent in breast cancer. And we wrote this perspective because we thought the answer to each of those questions was no. Did the task force, in fact, cite new evidence to support their changes? No, there is no new evidence. There is only a new model. So the evidence base for mammography screening for women in their 40s is the same as it was when they made their original recommendation. The new model is problematic because it has some very optimistic assumptions about the benefit of mammography, including a 25% reduction in breast cancer mortality. And that's far greater than what's reported in the meta-analyses of the available randomized trials, which is about 16% for all the trials combined and about 13% for the trials at low risk of bias. And just even these meta-analyses are likely to overstate the effect of screening since the trials were done before the major advances in treatment. So do you think there are any potential benefits associated with lowering the starting age? It's hard to see that. I mean, in the paper, we include a table where we try to summarize the benefits and harms for women. And if you look at that table, in absolute terms, the risk of death from all causes in the next 10 years is about 3% for women in their 40s, regardless of screening. So that doesn't change whether you're started 50 or 40. The model benefit of mammography is a reduction over 10 years of biennial screening as it changes the risk of death from breast cancer from about 0.3% to about 0.2%. So that's one less breast cancer death per thousand women screened for 10 years. Another way of saying that is that with screening, the chance of not dying from breast cancer over the next 10 years increases from 99.7% to 99.8%. So the benefit is arguably small, but the harms are important and unfortunately fairly frequent. So for example, with this pattern of screening, about 36% of women would have at least one false alarm during that time frame, and almost 7% would have a false alarm requiring a biopsy. Plus, there's the risk of overdiagnosis, which is about two per thousand women. So we created this table so that women could decide for themselves. They could see the likely benefits and harms. And whether they think they're big or small, they can make a decision for themselves based on the available evidence. So what are the likely next steps when it comes to implementation of this recommendation? Well, in terms of the recommendation, the task force is so influential that it's likely that this will become a performance measure, which means that it'll affect broadly women in their 40s in the United States, that's about 20 million women. And our concern is that rather than fostering informed decisions, clinicians and practices are going to be judged and rewarded and punished based on compliance with a quality metric. 
And I think that's a bit of a problem because we think that screening is an important decision with real benefits and real harms, and that women should be able to make the decision for themselves rather than having this be a, a public health imperative, which is imposed by physicians and practices who are incentivized to meet a quality metric. In terms of the task force, I think what happens now is the public comment period is closed, and I guess they're going to make the final decision and finalize the recommendation. So we're hoping that this perspective piece will help influence them to reconsider the recommendation because we think that the bottom line is that their models are insufficient to support a new imperative. The benefits are really limited and they're really common and important harms for healthy women. You spoke earlier about racial equity and in your article, you note that black women are considerably more likely to die from breast cancer than white women, but you don't see the new recommendation reducing that disparity. So why not? There's no question there are like substantial differences between black and white women in terms of breast cancer mortality, but there's actually very little disparity in breast cancer screening. About 60% of black and white women in their 40s are screened regularly in the United States. So it's just really hard to imagine how recommending the same intervention to both groups could possibly reduce the disparity. I think the disparity is not a reflection of screening. It reflects differences in cancer biology. Black women are higher risk for more aggressive, fast-growing cancers that are less likely to be caught by screening and fortunately less likely to benefit from treatment. And then the other issue, of course, is just that there are problems which face poor women in general. And of course, Black women are disproportionately affected as well. And that's about lower quality of medical services available, delayed follow-up on abnormal scans, delays to treatment, less use of adjuvant therapy. And all these things combine to create a situation where these disparities result in worse outcomes, but they're not going to be fixed by screening. And in fact, increasing screening by broadening the window of women who are eligible for screening may actually have the opposite effect. It may exacerbate problems because it will divert resources toward expanded screening rather than doing what we know works, but ensuring that high quality treatments are readily accessible to poor women, to women across racial categories. And so the fear is that if we follow these new recommendations, we're actually going to make things worse. But as I said, by diverting resources from what we know works to screening, which has just marginal benefits and, of course, important harms. Thank you, Dr. Woloshin.